Thank you so much for choosing to listen to the Refuge podcast today. At Refuge, we believe all people matter to God. Now here's an inspiring message from one of our leaders or pastors that will help you grow in your relationship with God. Now last week, uh, I want to thank Tim Kleiner for ministering in my absence, and he ministered on how to keep stress from becoming distress. How many of you were blessed by that message? That was a powerful message. In fact, uh, he shared the passage from Philippians chapter 4 in dealing with stress. And I want to read that passage because really what I'm going to be sharing with you today, I'm going to be sharing how to be thankful. How to be thankful. Now you might think, oh, that's an easy topic because that's just a given. But how are we to be thankful? It's more challenging than what you may realize. But Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, and I emphasize that, let your request be made known to God. So thanksgiving is a part of living stress-free. And I believe Tim brought that out very clearly. He also shared how there's an exchange that occurs in our relationship with God. We give God our worry. We give him our concern. We give him our anxiety. And in place of that, he gives us his peace. And I believe that's a great exchange because we need the peace of God in the situations that cause stress, that lead us into distress. And so I, I believe another great statement he shared is, once the peace of God is obtained, it must be maintained. Because you can easily and quickly lose your peace. You can be at peace in one moment, then something occurs, and you're, oh, well, no, I didn't expect this to happen. And you can immediately lose your peace. And then you need to maintain that peace by casting your care on the Lord and allowing him to take that care from you, that anxiety from you. You have to give it up. You have to give it to God. He's not going to forcibly take it from you. You have to cast your care on him. You have to give your care to him. You have to give your concerns, your worries to him. You need to lay it at his feet. He will pick it up. He'll take it up. But you have to be willing to let it go. The problem is we don't want to let go of our worry. We don't want to let go of our concern. And we want to carry all this because we think if we don't, who will? But if we cast it on God, he will take it. And he'll give us his peace in his place. So today's message is how to be thankful. Now, in my recent blogs, I do a blog and I post on Facebook. And I also, there's an email I send out. I've been addressing the subject over the last few days on giving thanks or thanksgiving. So if you happen to read them, then I believe these two will encourage you along the lines of what I'm going to be sharing with you this morning. Now, at first, I thought that this message would be a very easy topic to preach on and to minister on. But as I began to study and actually prepare for this message, I began to realize that it's really not an easy topic to talk about because it's not always easy to give thanks. In fact, sometimes it's very difficult to give thanks depending what situation or circumstance that you're facing. In fact, uh, this topic is something that can be challenging to you, and I, and I trust that you can be challenged today. 
to make a determination to be thankful in whatever situation you're facing. But it's something, to be thankful, we need to realize that it's a matter of consecrating your life to God in living a consecrated life. Well, what does that mean? What does consecration mean? Well, consecration simply is a commitment to God of your life. And for you to be thankful, it requires consecration. It requires a total surrender to him because thankfulness is a quality of God. It's an expression of his heart that we can express when we're consecrated and committed to him. And, and so we want to open up in the word of prayer and join our faith together this morning. But I, I've, yeah, let's do that. And we're going to lift up uh, Jess Johnson. Uh, we're believing God for a good report. She is currently in the ER dealing with some type of infection. And so we're going to join our faith for Jess as we pray this morning, as we prepare to receive the word. Heavenly Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, first of all, for Jess, and, and we hold her up before you right now. We thank you for giving the doctors wisdom as they diagnose what she's dealing with. We pray against infection. We pray against the effect of, of any sickness that would try to attach itself to your body. We pray that you give the doctors wisdom and Father, we thank you for your healing power that flows even now to effect a healing and a cure. In Jesus' name we pray. Now, Father, I pray that you help me to be able to effectively communicate how to be thankful so that we as a body of believers can begin to display a thankful heart in how we live our lives. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right. Now, even though Thanksgiving is over, it's past. We won't see it for another year. It's one day that we celebrate because of what God's done in this nation, gratitude for all the good things he's done to us as Americans, for us as Americans. But Thanksgiving is not just a one-day celebration. For the believer, it must become a lifestyle that we embrace. It's wonderful that we have a day set aside that we recognize and acknowledge and give thanks, but that should be a pattern for the believer's life every day of the year. And it's interesting that Thanksgiving is truly a way of life for an overcoming believer. It's not just a national holiday. Study of God's word on the subject actually reveals that Thanksgiving is a dominant characteristic in the life of the believer. It really, in fact, it's a direct command from the scripture as we're going to see in just a little bit. I find it interesting that this is a compound word. Thanksgiving is a compound word, right? There's two words. Thanks is totally associated and connected with giving. You can't really give, or you can't really be thankful without giving. Those two words are connected together. And we're going to see that as we look to God's word this morning. Now today, we want to explore the significance of giving thanks and how that will impact our life. Now, in particular, we're looking at the how-to. Being thankful is a godly quality that every single believer should possess. 
And I want you just to take a little brief moment and think about three things that you're thankful for. You might say, I'm thankful for my family. Sometimes family can be difficult to deal with, but yet we're thankful for them because without them, where would we be, right? There's other things you can be thankful for, but just think for a moment what you're thankful for. And what are the first things that come to your mind? It may be relationships. Uh, For most people, it's not always I'm thankful for my new car, although we should be. I'm thankful for my house. I'm thankful for my job, although we should be. The first place of thanksgiving is relational to God and to people. Okay, That's the greatest display and expression and directive of our thanksgiving. It always should be. And certainly we should be thankful for things. But first and foremost, we're thankful for people. Turn with me, if you would, to 1 Thessalonians 5.18. And in this, we see a biblical mandate that God gives us in the Scripture. 1 Thessalonians 5.18. It says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now, this is directed to all of us. Notice it says, in all circumstances, not for all circumstances. Because some circumstances may not be pleasant. They may be uh, horrific in your life, in what you're dealing with. But the scripture clearly says, even in the midst of the horrific situation you may be facing, you have opportunity to give thanks because we serve a God who can bring victory in the place of defeat. He can bring help in the time of hurt or heartache. And he can get us through the crisis so that we can enjoy his victory. Let me declare to you in in light of this scripture because when we see a command in the scripture, the command itself empowers us to fulfill it. So if the Bible says, in everything give thanks, that tells me, and that should tell you, that in everything you can give thanks, because that's God's will. If you want to know his will, that's where it begins. Start by being thankful in every circumstance. Some of you are saying, I don't know the will of God. What's God's will for me? Well, it starts by being thankful in all circumstances, because God, in that thankful heart, will begin to reveal to you direction concerning decisions that you need to make in your life. Now, you need to realize that the ability to give thanks is already in you. You and I have the capacity to express thanksgiving in every situation and in every circumstance. And in fact, you need to determine in your heart that you will refuse to let circumstances, situations, or people hinder you from giving thanks, okay? Don't let anything stop you from giving thanks. In fact, the most intense moments of thankfulness are found, not necessarily when all things are going well, but when difficulties and challenges come to us that we're facing. Is that true? In fact, uh, the question is, How do we do it? How do we give thanks? Thanksgiving, I believe, is the believer's state of mind, or it's a mindset that we need to adopt. In fact, it's it's not 
just the words we say, but it's the attitude behind those words that we express. Being thankful is a godly quality that every believer should possess. The ability to give thanks because it's already in us will make a difference in your life, a big difference in your life. And I want to give you three points here today. So for the how to be thankful, my first point is make the choice. Make the choice. To be thankful is a matter of choice. You need to make that decision. It's a determination of the heart. It's a mindset we adopt and develop. So it, it, it starts and it develops as we continue to do it. Just like anything you do and practice doing it, you improve. And you develop your skills the more you do something. Right? If you're playing the keyboard, the piano, the more you practice, the more you do it, the more you develop that skill. Not that we would qualify that Thanksgiving is a skill. We need to still realize it is something that can and must be developed in our lives. And so Thanksgiving is a choice. In fact, Thanksgiving is the proof of your faith. Because words of thanks reveal where you are at in your faith with God. Uh, This Thanksgiving was a little interesting for us. Uh, My wife and I, Deb and I celebrated 25 years of marriage this past August 9th. And yes, thank you. That's a little milestone, but it seems like it went so fast. And I'm just so excited about the next 25 But when we celebrated this, we discussed among ourselves that we wanted to do something for the whole family. And so we were putting money aside, and we thought at first we're going to do a cruise, and we'll just get everybody on the cruise ship and cruise the Caribbean and do all that. And and Deb is great at finding deals. She she has this guy that she works with that gets cruises at 70% off. Uh, The last cruise we went to, the girls... uh, Eight days, it was $199 a piece, and the boys were $299. And, I mean, the total package was so inexpensive, it's like, we would be stupid not to do this. And so if you want to find out cheap travel, talk to her. She loves doing the search and, and all that, and she, she'll hook you up, okay? But anyway, so we were planning the cruise, and we had something kind of almost ready to pull the trigger on, and uh, we found out that Amanda... Uh, Daniel's, uh, who's our oldest son, uh, his wife Amanda was pregnant with child, and and she's dealing with some morning sickness. And we thought, well, the cruise, the morning sickness, that doesn't go together. Okay, so we have to look for Plan Two, and so we we had all the kids make a list of places they wanted to go in the in the country, and so we all voted, and we ended up voting for Asheville, North Carolina. You might say, Asheville, where is that? Well, it's in North Carolina, okay? And uh, it's a great place, but um, um, that's where they filmed, uh, what was the name of the movie? Hacksaw Ridge, okay? Um, and so a lot of that was filmed there. And, and our son Daniel, who works for Bayside, he's the uh, video and uh, producer and director. They did a film uh, shoot there. And, and so then, so, and Nathan help join that project and so they experienced Asheville and so that was on the list 
And so that actually got the most votes, and it's only like 13 and a half hour drive from Stevens Point. That's great, that's not too bad. And Deb did the search, and she found this place in the mountains, right out of Old Fort, and uh, we were in the mountains in this vacation home that she got at a really good deal. And so we're up there in the mountains, and we had planned our Thanksgiving dinner. And Andy joined us, and so he was on the crew to help prepare the meal. So we did the shopping, we got all the stuff together, we planned the menu, and our Thanksgiving um, plans didn't go as planned because seven out of 11 of us got hit with the flu. And it was not pleasant. I mean, for some it was coming out of both ends, okay? (laughs) We won't mention names. Um, I managed to stay free of it. I, I, I may have prayed longer, uh, and so did Pastor Deb. But uh, it was not pleasant. So the Thanksgiving fixings, as you would say in the South, um, never got fixed. Okay? And so uh, we just, you know, then, so what do you do? It's Thanksgiving. This is a day we're supposed to be happy, celebrate, and everybody's running to the bathroom and miserable. And, and so, it's, and then it's realizing in all things, in all circumstances, be thankful. So even in the midst of that, we were able to be thankful because of the blessings that we had. Here we are as a family all together in this mountain vacation home, overlooking these beautiful hills. It was a beautiful setting. Temperature was good. There was sunshine. And just to be together and to have that time to relax and share and interact. Oh, what a wonderful time that was. And, and so we are kind of wanting to do a, a family tradition. And because and this was something that was no cost to the kids. The bill is all mom and dad. And now that's, you have to save, you have to budget, you have to plan for that, okay? But that's something that uh, we are now going to be looking at what we're going to do next year. But the point I'm sharing in this even though our Thanksgiving didn't go as planned because we were invaded with this flu virus, um, we were still able to be thankful in the midst of that. And, and if nothing else, it's a Thanksgiving we will never forget, okay? <laughs> All right. So now as believers, we need to develop a thankful heart. And, and that opportunity gave us that opportunity to develop a, fam- a thankful heart Develop means to create or produce, especially by deliberate effort over time, to make active or promote growth, to expand by a process of growth. And there's a scripture we see in Colossians 3.15, because when we look at this choice that we have to be thankful, we see what the word says in Colossians 3.15. It says, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. We see that as a command. Be thankful. That's a choice. That's a directive. That's a decision we make. Now there's a correlation, correlation here we see between allowing God's peace to rule in our heart and being thankful. When you are thankful, that allows God's peace to be resident within you even though you're going through maybe an unpleasant situation or circumstance. It's being thankful that allows God's peace 
to settle your heart, to settle the anxiety, and to bring you to a place of, of contentment, even in the midst of conflict or contention. And so it's interesting, the Message Bible reads a little bit differently, and I'll read that from Colossians 3.15. It says, let the peace of Christ keep you in tune with each other. So that's relational. In step with each other, none of this going off and doing your own thing and cultivate thankfulness. See, it's not us all just doing what we want to do, but it's allowing the peace of God to bring us into unity and harmony together. And in that setting, we cultivate thankfulness. You see, the ability or inability to give thanks and be thankful is an issue of the heart, and it really reflects the attitude of godly character. So it's an issue of the heart. If you have a difficult time being thankful, you have a heart issue. You have a heart issue, and it needs to be addressed. So you need to choose to be a thankful person, even if everyone around you is unthankful. You can determine that you're going to be thankful. Just because somebody is unthankful, that's not going to ruin my day. I won't let it ruin my day. You know, if it's one of my kids, I'll confront them. If it's somebody I'm close to, I'll confront them. But I'm not going to let somebody's unthankfulness stop me from being thankful. Number two, the second point I want to share in the how-to of being thankful is to verbalize it. Verbalize it. You need to verbalize your thanksgiving or your thankfulness. It's simply recognizing and acknowledging the promises of God in light of your present situation. For example, maybe you have this bill that you didn't expect. It comes in the mail. And it's twice as much as you thought it was going to be. And you think, how am I going to pay for this? And you begin to grumble. You begin to complain. That is an opportunity for you to be thankful. Because you thank God in the midst of that test or trial that he is your provider and he will supply all of your needs because you're shifting your trust, your faith in the promise of God in light of that situation. Because whatever you deal with, guess what? There's a promise for it. Whatever negative situation you face, there's a promise for it in the word. And you can be thankful for that promise and when you do, your faith is activated and you begin to see God move out of that thanksgiving, that thankful heart, when you begin to thank God for his promise. Wow, so many times I've thanked God for his provision in the face of lack. You know, you get those bills in the mail and usually bills have windows in them and those are the ones you don't want to open, <laughs> right? From... From this time forward, when you get those kind of letters, when you see that window staring at you with your address on it, just look in there and say, Lord, this is a window of opportunity, a window of opportunity for me to trust you to meet and supply all my need. Amen? Amen. All right. So verbalize it. What words are coming out of your mouth? In fact, let me ask you this question. Are you known to be a thankful person? Or do you have a reputation of being unthankful or ungrateful? It's all revealed in your words and what you say. 
In fact, true thanksgiving proceeds from the heart, not from outward circumstances. And they must be verbalized with the mouth. See, you can't let your circumstances determine whether or not you're thankful. Because we're to be thankful in all circumstances. Circumstances don't determine whether you're thankful or not. Right? Okay. Now, how hard or difficult is it for you to express thanksgiving? Or even just to say the word thank you. You know, that should be a common expression that comes out of our mouth many, many times throughout the day. Now, how powerful are the words thank you? They can make a difference in somebody's life. When somebody opens the door for you, and you turn and you look at them and you say, thank you. You know what that does? Saying thank you actually completes the giving cycle. When somebody gives to you and you say thank you, it completes the giving cycle, and then they want to give again. For the person that opens the door, they're going to want to open the door for the next person. Why? Because something was administered to them when you said thank you. What's interesting, thank you can be found in every language. In Spanish, it's gracias. In Russian, it's spasibo. In French, it's mercy. In Italian, it's grazie. In German, it's Dankeschön. So and you might add your language, or you know, if, if you know another language. Um, I know uh, Jason just returned from Poland. How do you say it in, in Poland, Jason? Did you hear that? Yeah. <laughs> I won't try to repeat that. Okay. So now signs you are not thankful. Maybe you want to identify, maybe I'm thankful, maybe I'm not. How do I know? Well, this is a sure way to tell. You're a chronic complainer. If you're a chronic complainer, I tell you, you are not a thankful person. See, is complaining your default setting? Are you one that will shift to complain and gripe? And see, you can be around complaining, griping people, and that spirit can get off on you. Don't let it. Don't let it get on you. Don't become a complainer or a grumbler. Uh, another thing that you can tell if you're an unthankful person, signs that you're unthankful, is you are negative and critical, maybe even to a fault. How negative and critical are you? And how often are you expressing negative words or criticism towards others? You have to watch yourself. Because that's an easy trap to fall into. And so, but if you determine to be thankful, I believe you'll be less critical, less judgmental, less negative. Now, I know that we're addressing the how-to, but we have to address the why. Why should we be thankful? I believe it's because it's the way we honor God and people. That's why we're to be thankful. Because being thankful honors God first and foremost, and it honors people. And, and people need to be honored, and God first and foremost must be honored. See, you can't be thankful without giving. It's going to cost you something. It really will. Thanks is something you give. It is given in the words that we speak, followed by actions. It really is. And, and as I shared earlier, it's a compound word, thanks, 
giving. The two are connected. The two are associated. Number three, the third point in how to be thankful is have the right attitude. Okay? Have the right attitude. Uh, first, we need to make a choice to be thankful. Then you need to verbalize it. And then you need to make sure you have the right attitude. See, the how-to is about having the right attitude. Attitude, and this is how it's defined, is a settled way of thinking or feeling about someone or something. Typically, one that is reflected in a person's behavior. So it's, it's really that mindset that you embrace. See, you can do a good thing with a wrong attitude, and it won't do anything. In fact, uh, so often people are they're, they're going through the motions, but they're not really doing it with the right heart attitude. See, you can give thanks with the wrong attitude, and it will become another religious work. It really will. It, be, it become a religious work, and it's not going to. It's it's a it's a counterfeit of true thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is a reflection of the true attitude of your heart. It comes from the heart. It's not just from the head. You can verbalize it or say it from the head, but it has to come from the heart. It's interesting because even our prayer time that we see in Colossians 4.2 should be filled with thanksgiving. Colossians 4.2 says, Devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. An attitude of thanksgiving. In fact, thanksgiving will keep you alert to what's really happening around you so that you can see the blessings, you can perceive what God is really doing in your life. There's a Greek New Testament word that's used for thanksgiving that's uh, cherish, C-H-A-R-I-S. And the word is also used for grace. The word grace and thanksgiving sometimes are the very same Greek word. That's very interesting because uh, cherish is defined or cherish, I mean, is defined as that which bestows or occasions pleasure, delight, it means favorable regard, divine favor, goodwill, loving kindness, or graciousness. So we need to see giving thanks as an extension of God's grace to someone. When you express thanks, it's an extension of giving God's grace to someone. And see, that's a reflection of your attitude. Giving thanks and being thankful is an expression of the heart that ministers to those that we interact with. And so, now it's, it's easy, and, and most of you, I believe, would agree, it's easy to express gratitude when everything's going well, right? Things are going good. Yes, I'm thankful, Lord. Thank you for the day. Thank you for this. But if you go outside today and you walk up to your car, say, that was a great message. I'm so thankful, Lord. And you look and you see a flat tire. Oh, Am I going to still be thankful? Or you can say, well, thank you, Lord, that it was here and it wasn't when I was driving. Thank you, Lord, that it was here and because Andy's here and Sam's here, they can fix this really quick. You know, we got, we got some mechanics in the house, okay? And so, you know, when you think about it, and, and some people, the default, they'll become so thankful that they become blinded to the blessings around them. And here they have mechanics that are, you know, within grass that can come and help them fix that flat. You know, so it's, it's, it's all in perspective. Um, now, a thankful heart, I believe, 
will sustain you in the midst of trial, bringing divine favor and blessing into your life. 1 Corinthians 15, 57, it says, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. He gives us victory, so we thank God for the victory. Even before it comes, even before we receive it, we thank God for the victory because it comes from God through Jesus Christ. See, there's an ungrateful generation. I just want to address that for a moment. I too became a victim of that and I've learned lessons in Thanksgiving. My first house and I may have shared this last year, but I bought a home that was a fixer-upper, okay? You know, unless you're really skilled, I don't recommend doing that because fixer-uppers can be costly. And, you know, I got to a point where there were things that the realtor had stated that were supposed to have been done to the house that weren't. And I, I found out that my house was actually sinking because it had a faulty foundation and it needed some extensive foundational work and so I began to make jokes about that house and despise that house. Um, maybe not as bad as Tim with his roof, but you know, last week. <laughs> but um, I, I just did not like that house because something was breaking down, something was costing me something. And until I went on my first missionary trip to Mexico, and I began to realize very quickly that the house I lived in, which was on West Wilson, just so you know it, they tore it down. It doesn't exist anymore. It's, <laughs> it's only six blocks from here. I thought it'd be nice, close to church. I could walk to church on, you know, sunny days. Um, but they tore the house down because I think the people that bought it after me, they didn't want to deal with all the problems. So they got upset. Maybe they burned it down. I don't know. It's just one day. <laughs> in, in fact, oh, I have to tell this. One day, I was actually hoping it would burn down. I, um, the, the master bedroom was upstairs. It was just a, a two-bedroom house, two bedrooms upstairs. It was a small house, I think 900 square feet. And I'm upstairs, and I flipped the light on. Or I flipped the light off as I'm leaving to come, come to the church. And that's when I was single. I wasn't married yet. I was still a single. For eight years, I pastored a single before I met this lovely woman and got married. Uh, and she changed my life. You know, I don't have that house anymore. Anyway, <laughs> but I turned the light off, and when I did, sparks started coming from the ceiling, and I st smelled something burning. And I thought, I kept going downstairs, well, maybe it'll catch on fire and burn when I come back after church doing the Lord's work. The house will be burned to the ground, collect insurance, and I'm done with this thing. That was an actual thought that went through my head. I had to quickly repent. I said, oh, I can't do that. So I took a few minutes and I took off the light fixture. I shut off the breaker and it was actually smoldering up there. And I took a water spray bottle and sprayed it down, got it all wet. And I, I put the fire out. And I was thinking, wow, I could have easily justified the house burning down. Um, but so after that experience, going down to Mexico, coming back, I had to repent. And I realized, Lord, this house has its issues. But I'm thankful for this house. Because this is your provision. And this is what I could afford at this season in my life. And, and I'm thankful for this. And, and I discovered something. When you're thankful for what you have, when it comes to possessions, then God will give you something better. If you're not thankful for the car you have right now, even though it's breaking down all the time, don't expect God to give you something better. 
But when you're thankful for what you have, that works faith in God's favor and provision in your life, okay? I didn't mean to say all that, but that's all free. I want to close with this. Um, see, there's moments that we miss opportunities to be thankful. And, and I don't want you to miss those moments because there's moments that you need to look for in your life to be thankful. In fact, uh, Jesus, there's a story in the book of Luke, the Gospel of Luke, where he came across this leper. These lepers were out there. There were 10 lepers. I don't know if they were part of a colony, but they were, they were uh, passing by. And they begin to cry out. They recognize this is Jesus. He's the healer. He heals the leper. He opens the blinded eye. And these 10 lepers begin to cry out for mercy. Say, oh, God, have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. And Jesus, moved with compassion, goes up to these lepers, and he prays for them, and he heals all 10 of them. Okay? And then in verse 15, we want to take it up there. Notice it says, one of them turned back when he saw that he was healed. And see, this was a healing that they experienced as they went. So he prayed for them. Maybe there wasn't changes. So they start walking. And, and you understand, a healing is different from a miracle. A miracle is an instantaneous manifestation of the power of God where there's a cancer growth and a miracle, it disappears instantly, okay? And that's happened. And a number of people in here have had those kind of miracles. But then a, a healing is, means a process of mending where over a space of time, you go from being sick and afflicted to being healthy and whole. And so as they went, as they were walking to show themselves to the priest, and because that was the ritual, a, a leper that's cleansed goes to the priest and the priest basically you know, says, okay, you're healed. This is a miracle. And then they pray over you. And see, uh, they had to step out in faith to go to the priest. That was their faith. And then God honored their faith. They were healed. But one, only one of the ten returned. Look at this. One of them turned back when he saw he was healed. He thanked God with a loud voice. Thank you, Jesus! Maybe. I hope it didn't. I think I woke somebody up back there again. I mean, here he, I mean, this guy with a loud voice thanks Jesus. He thanks God. Verse 16, he got down on his face at the feet of Jesus and thanked him. He was from the country of Samaria. Now, Samaritans were not uh, really liked by the Jews. They were despised by the Jews because they were considered half-breeds. But Jesus asked, verse 17, were there not ten men who were healed? Where are the other nine? So even Jesus expected them to come back and say thanks, but only one of the ten did. Verse 18, is this stranger from another country the only one who turned back to give thanks to God? Then Jesus said to him, get up and go on your way. Your trust in God has healed you. Now, other translation says, your faith has made you whole. Now, understanding that leprosy, and, and I met a leper and prayed for a leper when I was in Mexico a number of years ago. He was missing toes. He was missing fingers. They had literally rotted off of his body. And this man had leprosy all over his head, his face. And it was pitiful to look at this man. And what happened with this one that returned 
The other nine were healed. But this one, because he came back and gave thanks, was made completely whole. In other words, if he was missing fingers, if he was missing toes, they grew back on. He was restored. Why? Because he gave thanks. Now, my challenge to you today for this message is be that one of 10 that give thanks to God. Be of that 10% group of people that are thankful to express thanksgiving to God. Do not fail to give God thanks for what he does in your life. Now, as we close this service, my challenge to you is be of that 10%. Be that one of 10 that gives thanks. And we can start this by starting and ending your days with thanksgiving. The moment you're conscious in the morning, begin to give thanks to God, thanking Him for the new day, thanking Him for the forgiveness of your sins, thanking Him for His presence, His peace, and His provision in your life. Begin your day with thanksgiving. And I tell you, your days are going to change. And then end your days with thanksgiving. At the end of the day, before you fall asleep, begin to give God thanks for His Word, for His provision, for what He's done for you that day. Begin to thank Him for the next day and what He's going to do tomorrow. In Psalms 116, we see that thanksgiving can often be a sacrifice. A sacrifice is something that it costs us something. It's often difficult to sacrifice something that you really want or desire. In Psalms 116, verse 17 says, I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving and call on the name of the Lord. We want to end the service with that. We want to offer to him the sacrifice of thanksgiving. Thank you so much for listening to The Refuge Podcast. To find out more information about who we are and to listen to more inspirational messages, you can visit us online at wearerefuge.net.